Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. Uh, as you can tell, this is a special episode today. It is the first of its kind. It is the first video episode. We're doing this through Zoom. And uh, I'm joined today by JR, my good friend who live, who's living up in New York City. And um, uh, we're going to get into some stuff today. So uh, this is a little bit, of, obviously, a little bit of an experiment uh, with the new technology here, right? With the, the first video cast here. So um, you know, just going to feel it out, see how it feels from a production point of view, in terms of a recording point of view, we're figuring out microphones and all this stuff. So, uh, but all that being said, we'll see how it turns out. And um, I am uh, not going to be looking at you anymore. I'm going to be looking over here at my guest here today. So JR, um, he's been on the podcast before. And um, uh, welcome back, John. Or welcome back, JR. Thank you, PK. Uh, glad to be back. You can call me PK. You can call me Jay. You can call me introversion. You know, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So good to see you in person. In person on my screen. Yeah. Just yeah. listen to you on my phone. Yeah, this is uh, refreshing. I mean, I think this is the whole thing with Zoom. It's like my life has been. I'm not even a phone person, but since 2020, I've become a phone person. Like every day I'm on the phone with like friends and family. And it's just like, just to keep my sanity here. Like, otherwise I'm completely isolated alone in my apartment. Like I've talked about all year in the podcast, but um, yeah, like the Zoom thing I know has become a big thing this past year, I think for work related stuff as well. And I guess people, I'm actually kind of excited. I, I told you about the new iOS or the new Mac OS coming out. And they seem to have a new focus on FaceTime features and a lot of other things that I was interested in. I'm surprised that you didn't seem to be interested in any of that. But um, I'm looking forward to that because I think it could be, I might end up using FaceTime for the podcast if this works out, if people dig the video aspect and if I like how it's flowing, then I might do FaceTime because I think you can do a group call pretty easily with that. So it might be like, I might finally be able to do a group episode remotely, which would be pretty cool because uh, um, I've been kind of wanting to do that. Like, I, I think it would be really like you and Brian and me, we chat every day in our little telegram chat. And I think that would be really cool to do a group episode, the three of us. Um, yeah, that would be great. So maybe, maybe with FaceTime, maybe with FaceTime with the new OS, we can do that. So um, yeah. So anyway, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Um, it's funny when we we talk leading up to this, like you're like, I don't know, what are we going to talk about? We have nothing to talk about. And it almost feels like that every time before we well, record. I, I just I just feel empty these days. <laughs> There's no feelings anymore. It's just it's just uh, you know existence right now, in New York City. Yeah, I feel you on that. But that, that's also kind of the thing, though. It's like that in itself is the thing to talk about. You know, it's like the the emotional aspect of life these days, you know, like um, one of the things I kind of wanted this little short episode to be is not just the experiment with the video, but also like a follow-up to the episode I just posted with Henrik. And like, I know you didn't have time to finish all the way through. It's a super long one. You know, as everybody knows, these some of these episodes are really long, but, you know, and I know you were waiting for me to get into the the views specifically the debate on vaccine passports and you're like 50 minutes in and I know I didn't start it till an hour I know 
but I did feel like that first hour intro was like very relevant and I wanted to set the stage for the, the actual real debate, which obviously happens in the last two hours. So, you know, when you get around to listening to it, you'll, you'll kind of see, but basically what I wanted to do with that episode, and I've been kind of saying for weeks, like I, I'm tired of talking about the pandemic and all of this stuff. And even in our private chat, to some degree in the telegram chat you me and brian like i'm just like he's a little burnt out as well and i'm kind of burnt out and i think you're burnt out in your own way and you know it's just you know but what i wanted to say about this episode with henrik is that like i kind of wanted this is like if it's all a fireworks show you know extravaganza like i this was my grand finale so i, I want this to be like the I just kind of wanted to lay it on the table. <clears throat> Epilogue for you. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's going to be a couple developments, a couple developments. There's going to be a lot of developments continuing in the next few months and years, whatever. So it'll still come up. But for the time being, I just felt like rather than me ranting about the pandemic for, for three minutes on an episode and then saying, no, oh, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it. And I don't go deeper into it. I kind of wanted to do a dedicated episode about it. And that's what Henrik and I did. And, you know, so I'm glad that I put it out there and I understand a lot of people don't have the time and attention span and whatever to sit there and listen to three hours talking about the pandemic and vaccine passports. But if people do want to go deep, I just wanted to put that out there. And there's like a great compilation of links in the show notes. And I included as many of those little clips as I could to kind of, portray the story as I see it, which is basically like, it's not full on conspiracy. It's not full on medical. It's not full on economic. It's not full on political. It's a combination of all of these things. And, you know, I, I assume Henrik will be listening to this episode. I, I told him that I wanted to do a follow-up episode, even if it's just a solo episode of me talking or what we're doing right now, you and me doing this follow-up. But he and I might do a follow-up later on. I don't know, like down the road, maybe six months or something. But I think he had a very, it was good to hear his perspective because he had a very specific logic and reasoning behind why he's for the vaccine passports. And I'm going to assume you haven't gotten there yet to that point, right? His whole thing, just to sum it up really quickly, was he doesn't want the ICUs overloaded. And he had a situation that he talked about with his mom where she was like on, they were almost gonna have to unplug her because they were out of ICU capacity. And the ICU capacity that this was in Sweden, the ICU capacity was maxed out because of COVID patients. So I can see how it's very personal for him. And that was the perspective about it. So he's kind of like, we need to not have the ICUs fill up with COVID patients. And I'm like, that's a totally legitimate logic and concern. So when he looked at the data, he saw in Sweden that I think the proportion was like either partially or fully vaccinated people only comprised about somewhere between 10 and 20% of the ICU beds being taken up. And the other 80% was all unvaccinated people. So he was kind of citing that as like a key data point for like showing that the vaccines work. They're, they're not preventing getting COVID. They're not, and everybody knows this, they're not preventing getting COVID. They're not preventing spreading COVID. 
everybody knows that now. But what it, uh, the, the, um, in theory, what it's preventing is people getting deathly sick from COVID. So in that sense, it's preventing the ICU from being over, overflowing and flooded. So with that logic that he had, I can actually see like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because he just wants more people to get vaccinated to reduce the amount of people going into the ICU, right? And if vaccines will do that, then we need to get more, vac more people vaccinated somehow. And his method of doing that that seems to be in place is the vaccine passport. And he cited France as an example because France, they, they said, okay, in order to get food and do basic things, you're gonna have to get a vaccine passport or whatever. And literally the next day, hundreds of thousands of people went out and got vaccinated. So we talked about how for some people, it wasn't that strong of a conviction, not like for you and me. So those people all went and got vaccinated. So from his perspective, it's not about making me get vaccinated because I have my reasons for not doing it. For him, it's getting all these other people who have just been lazily holding out or whatever. Now they're gonna go get vaccinated and by his logic, it will help not over flood the hospitals now. So, and it gets down to this whole herd immunity thing and the fact that, um, you know, enough people have gotten vaccinated to not overflow the system. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's his logic. So I'm summing it up. You should still listen to it and hear the full argument and my retorts, but just to catch us up so you, we can talk about it now. So that was kind of his logic. He did have legitimate fears and concerns about government overreach. And once they have the vaccine passport in place, will they just drop it as soon as enough people are vaccinated or are they going to continue to push that to in, once they see like, oh, that works. Now let, what else can we do to get people to do what we want them to do? And he's concerned about that. So anyway, um, just to brief you that, and it's also a summary for the audience and people listening, like you didn't listen to that full episode yet. Um, but do you have thoughts on that perspective? What does your shirt say? Yeah, exactly, my shirt. What does it say? The data doesn't lie. Right the data doesn't lie, but people lie about the data. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to challenge that a little bit because I think that the data is manipulated. Um, as an example is the PCR test to see who had COVID. They had a high threshold, the uh, 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 number that they used right. to get more people um, having COVID, having being, being positive for COVID. After they, and, and so after they started doing the um, vaccines, they lowered it. <laughs> after Trump was out of office, <laughs> after the vaccines are now being rolled out and you're, you're getting mandates. They lowered the cycles, the threshold. And look, it's, it's, lowering the, it's lowering the problem. It's lowering the cases. Right. Now, the other thing is that they're not counting people who died like 14 after, you know, between 14 days after they got the vaccine as COVID deaths or COVID ICU. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing I didn't mention in the episode because I think he was looking at the Swedish data and a lot of our conversation was about Sweden. And what you just cited was the CDC. I don't know if they're also doing that in Sweden, 
but that's definitely a concern in terms of the data manipulation here in America. And that is a huge deal. If somebody gets vaccinated and they die a week later, that's considered an unvaccinated death, which just blows my mind because I'm like, well, well who, who's, who's actually going to these ICU units? It's people with comorbidities. It's going to be you people who are more high at risk, right? So you and I probably are not the ones that are going to be going to the ICU, right? right? right. Um, you had an episode with Tommy Danger, which I thought was a little bit more uh, interesting only because now you have somebody who actually experienced it, wasn't vaccinated. He goes through all his uh, thoughts about being in the hospital, et cetera, and the treatment that they gave him, et cetera. So that was kind of interesting. But I just, I just feel like um, the data is, is manipulated. And so I would just say that I understand his, his concerns, but I'm not as uh, trusting of the data. Now, I don't know about the Swedish data, but I know right. the data that I see here. Right. U.S. It's not to be trusted, and it, you know they. You see how they've gone back and forth, and like get the vaccine, you you won't have to wear a mask anymore. Oh no, now you have to wear masks. So why did I get the vaccine? You know, like you know, it's it's really just uh, they go back and forth depending on how they feel that day or that week. So it's not actual data or science. Uh, it's 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 more like how can we get as many people? How can we scare as many people to get this vaccine? There's nothing they can do at this point that I'm that's going to make me get the vaccine. Right. I don't cheer, but there's nothing it, they can do. I mean, because one of the things we talked about, Henrik and I talked about, was like, because I mentioned some of these things that other doctors are saying, that some people have gone so far as to say some, these are doctors and experts out there, and they say within two to three years, a lot of people who have been fully vaccinated will either be dead or severely impaired their immune system to deal with other diseases. Whether that's true or not, time will tell. We'll find out. But, you know, I think he was on my case about like, well, why would I listen to those doctors versus these other more mainstream doctors or whatever? And I'm well, like, well, you know, it's the I'm, ones that are allowed to speak and yeah. the other ones are, are suppressed. Yeah. And I, I weigh all of these things and I, I called it sort of a balanced portfolio of a decision making process. You know, it's like, I look at, I follow the money, you know, and I look at who stands to gain from certain situations. And like a lot of these people, doctors and scientists who are speaking out, like they're not gaining anything by speaking out about these things, which lends itself for me to give them a little bit more credence that like, okay, maybe they're speaking the truth if it hurts them to speak the truth. You know, like people aren't going to come out and loudly shout lies if it hurts them they'll only lie if it benefits them typically that's why people lie is because they want to benefit from the situation they don't want to bear a cost from the situation if it hurts to tell the truth people will lie you know and that's children adults like scientists doctors anybody you know media so I love these kind of conversations though because they can very quickly go like philosophical and just like overall humanity. And I'm like, you know, I love to kind of get into the nature of like why people do what they do. And I find it funny that people keep saying, trust the science and trust the science. And it's like, it's one thing to say that, but on the other hand, I'm like, there's kind of this implied logic of like, oh, scientists never lie. Like, wait, wouldn't you agree that all human beings lie? Yeah. Are scientists human beings? Yeah. 
Okay, just just saying, you know, like if you if you um, look up trust in the dictionary, it's pretty much fake, right? It's like trust the Lord, trust in the Lord. That's what they're saying. Trust in the Lord. Trust in science. Trust the science. Trust, trust in the Lord. Trust we, in the high priests of the day who are the scientists uh, right now. Right. Well, we we've been through this before coming out yeah. of Christianity. We know. Yeah. That means it's trust that you know that it's dogma. It's a dogma. It's a dogma. It's 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 a it's an orthodoxy. Yeah. Medical orthodoxy, and anybody that goes against it is a heretic. Yeah. Call them a quack. Uh, but those people who are coming out, the doctors, you know, the frontline doctors, they're doing it at great cost to themselves, right. and they're getting harassed, and it's it's not uh, you know they don't do that to. Uh, Make they're money. not making a big buck off of that, you know. I, I don't, I don't know. And in fact, their reputations right. get, 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 look at what happened to Nicki Minaj. <laughs> what happened to Nicki Minaj? Yeah. She's, just because she has a question, now everybody just jumps on her. Uh, because you can't question. They see that that's the thing. You, this is Galileo telling you that the uh, sun revolves around, the earth revolves around the sun. And, and everybody's saying, no, the earth revolves around so the sun revolves around the earth what are you talking about so it's kind of that thing yeah. and and the reason they go after her that that hard is that she has a what 160 million twitter followers and of course they suspend her after she says what she can't say something well what was it that she said that she can't say well this is the the funny thing is what I've, i'm noticing this pattern of like whether it's the media or social media or like there's just this wave, this frenzy of like, <clears throat> it's a caricaturization of things. So for example, it started with her talking about her friend's balls and then the wife didn't want to marry him because, and he's like, no, I got the vaccine and then my balls swelled up. And it's like, it's a weird premise to start this whole if thing. That, if that were true, no one would take the vaccine. <laughs> <clears throat> right, right, right. And I think like Tim Pool and everybody's kind of like, yeah, that's probably, he probably got an STD and whatever. It probably had nothing to do with the vaccine, you know. <clears throat> but I think my, my point of the caricaturization is that people get hung up on that. You know how I first discovered about this whole thing with Nicki Minaj? I was just on Twitter and I don't use Twitter that much, but I was probably posting a thought I had on Twitter. And then I saw trending was STDs. And I was like, why is STDs trending? And I clicked on it. And that's what led me to everybody talking about the swollen balls and the STDs and all this shit. But and then I was, but I was like, it shows you like, this is what the argument is coming down to is like, and why the suspension happens is because they make it seem like she has these crazy ideas about voodoo and vaccine and swollen balls and all of this shit and just like they say ivermectin is like horse paste or whatever you know forget about the nobel prize winning but forget about all how effective it's been been called the wonder drug and now it's been prescribed all over the world and it's cured people of all of these like river blindness and all of the stuff in africa forget about all that now it's just horse paste and even if you're like you've got all your vaccines like you and me from childhood and it's all in us. Like we've been vaccinated. Now we're just against this one particular experimental vaccine that has not been properly tested. Now all of a sudden we are extreme anti-vaxxers. You know what I mean? And like, this is kind of the thing, man. It's like, 
it's this caricaturization, you know? It's like, like if, 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 if it's like, you know, I don't drink soda anymore because it's not really healthy. And I, but I drank soda my whole life, like up till age, I don't know, 28, 30. And if I go and somebody offers me some sodas and I'm like, oh, no, thanks. I don't drink soda. It's like somebody responding. What are you anti-soda? I think you are. <laughs> In a way I am, you know, but I'm like, look, if you want to drink soda, go ahead. If you want to get the vaccine, if you've done your research, which a lot of people haven't done the research, but like if you've done the research and you feel good about it and you want to do it for whatever reason, because you want to be able to go to the gym still or go to the, the concert, okay, that's up to you. If we live in a free society with free choice, go get the vaccine that you want to get. I'm not telling you to not do that. Like I don't tell people on this podcast, do not get the vaccine. You know, and a lot of people who have been vaccinated, like Ben Shapiro and all these people, like the, the point is not whether they've decided as a person to get the vaccine or not. The point is the freedom to choose whether you want to inject your body with this or that or not. If you want to drink two liters of Pepsi every day, I would advise against it. But like, hey, it's your life, your body, your choice, right? You can do whatever you want, do it. But for me and my body, I'm not going to drink soda and shit. Like, I'm not going to poison my body with sugar and all this shit every day. But I think that is the thing with Nicki Minaj and this whole point is like, this is about her being able to express a view or herself and have reservations. Like, maybe she just didn't want to get the vaccine for this reason or that. And she just, as an anecdote, mentioned that one friend, the balls thing, whatever, but like, it's still her choice. It's still her right to say whatever she wants. And now I, this is where it gets to the problem. It's like why she has been removed, you know? And it's, everything is being labeled either, before it was hate speech, you know, last year. And that didn't go away. That's still there, the, the concept of hate speech. But <clears throat> now everything is misinformation. So, now it's like well, it's heresy again it's, it's yeah uh, it, it goes I mean, back to the dogma and speaking against the narrative you know you're you're a heretic you know it's misinformation or you're a terrorist or you're an extremist or you're an anti-vaxxer or you're a conspiracy theorist or like they just throw these labels on people to demonize people and just throw them out you know and Henrik was right last week when he said like yeah but these people you try to just disappear them or throw them out, but they don't, they didn't go anywhere. They're still there. Like we're all still here, you know, like the Alex Jones, Alex Jones didn't disappear. You know, but he probably would be didn't. bigger today. If he were still on Twitter, he would probably be bigger today. If he were still on YouTube, his channel would be blowing up because everything he had said is yeah. coming. And I'm not right. even a fan of Alex Jones. I don't like his personality or anything like that, but he has the right to say it. And that's when, when nobody came to his defense and people were saying, this is a good thing. Then all of a sudden, those same people who were saying, this is a good thing, those were the same people who were getting axed and both left and right. It's basically anyone who is not establishment um, talking points. And if you're on the left and you're anti-corporation, you get chucked. If you're on the right or if you're a libertarian right. and you say something like, you know, I'm not sure about these uh, election results. You're out. So it's because you can't question anything. 
you're not allowed to question. It's basically, that's the era we're in right now. You're not allowed to question. And that's the, what the church had. That's how they kept yeah. their power. You're not allowed to question. Right. We're going back to that. The feudal lords are telling you, you can't question yeah. what you're now, told. Now it's they a technocracy. We're heading into the technocracy. Right, right. So uh, that being said, there's some good hope, you know, hopes, uh, hopes, some good optimistic things happening as well. Uh, you had mentioned a whole bunch of them, but I, I saw Australia's fighting back on it. Yesterday we had a big, big, big uh, protest in New York City with thousands of people finally. Yeah. In the I unfortunately didn't go to that because I have another engagement in Long Island, but, um, yeah. you know. Tommy Danger went. Yeah. Tommy Danger went. Um, and, and the other thing is, like, I'm going around without a mask everywhere and nobody cares. Everybody else is wearing their masks. Right. Uh, you know, in their stores or on the bus or on the train. But I'm not. And nobody cares. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody does anything. Or even though, you know, silently judging you or something, but. Not even. I think people are just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they just. I, I hope you're right in that because uh, I, I've been doing the same thing you've been doing. And I, I go to the grocery stores now and they instituted a mask mandate for everybody, regardless of your vaccination status, like about a month ago, probably early August when all of this, it was just like it hit all at once. It was like overnight, I got the notification. You're not allowed in your gym anymore. And everybody has to wear masks now. And it was just like, just like that, like overnight. And I was like, wow. And, and my feeling personally was like, I remember I went into the grocery store into heirloom the first time. And I was like, it was literally like a day later. And I walked in, I already saw people wearing masks because the announcement, some people weren't like one or two other people. And it's probably just because they haven't heard about it yet or whatever, or they're used to walking around without a mask and they didn't have one in their pocket. So they just went in and shopped. But like, I felt this sort of collective consciousness of like, at least here in Philadelphia, like people are obeying the people who know like, oh, you gotta wear a mask now. Okay, put on my mask, go in. But I feel like there was a sense of like, I'm just gonna go in. Like for me personally, I'm like, I'm just gonna go in. I don't think anybody's gonna give me a hard time because yesterday we were all in here not wearing a mask. So all I'm doing is doing the same thing I did yesterday. And I think there's something about that that's starting to sink in a little bit, like you're saying, but like also like here in Philly, like people are still wearing masks every time they go inside because that's the rule. But one of the things Tim Poole says all the times is like culture, like politics is downstream from culture. So basically it's the culture that really matters as opposed to politics dictating the culture. So for example, I say last year, the culture was if I walked in, I didn't even try last year. Right, you need it. I didn't even try to go into a store without a mask. Right. But if I did, cause I was watching all these videos online of people being stoned to death and women being yelled at and knocked down to the floor cause they didn't want to wear a mask. And then they're called a Karen and they're the ignorant white person who's selfish and not wearing a mask and killing grandmothers. And I'm like, ugh, I better wear my mask. Not because I'm afraid of the COVID or that I think this mask even helps. 
but because I don't want to be harassed right. by other people. That was the culture though last year. And I feel like now the culture is kind of like, it bums me out that so many people just day one immediately are like, okay, put the mask back on and go in. But at least we've taken a slight step in the right direction where I'm like, I've gone in, I have lost count now, but the other day I went into four venues on one day without a mask and nobody bothered me. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's at least it's a little better than last year, you know, but I, I just, it's, it's really hard for, I think this is part of the problem is people just don't think about it. Like the other day I wrote on Facebook, I think I said, it baffles me how people think, or they don't think, but people are like, if I walk in, if I'm standing up in a cafe, I better wear the mask to protect me from COVID. But I just sit down here. I take with my friend, I take my mask off. Now I'm safe from COVID. Like, Oh, but I, I stand up. I got to put the mask back on to be safe from COVID. Like, I, people aren't thinking about that. Yeah, they're it's not the, thinking about it. But if they thought about it, if they really wanted to follow the science or trust the science, they would realize, like, wait a minute, this is completely idiotic. Either the mask is going to protect me and I should wear it the whole time, or it's not protecting me. So why even bother wearing it when you walk into the cafe for five yards until you sit down and take it off? stupid no science no logic nothing you know so i don't know like it's just people just don't even think about this and they just chant like follow the science follow the science and meanwhile they're completely ignoring rational thought and science and right no i think people are just kind of like like they're just gonna do what they're told but they're not really like very passionate about like they, they kind of realize we're fine it's been two years. We're fine. Everybody's fine. Yeah. There is no everybody in Florida should be dead right now from not wearing masks. Exactly. But they're not. And I don't know why people can't put it together in their heads and think, wait a minute. Well, again, the data I'm still seeing, I'm still seeing people in their car by themselves wearing a mask, driving down the street. Still now. It's uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting the power of propaganda and the way. People can get brainwashed and just, you know, it becomes a habit now and not stay. It's, it's the way it is for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Matter life, life is. Um, getting back to the vaccine passports, I, you know, for Henrik, if you want a case study, New York City is a case study because they've had it, but they instituted it since September 13th. I don't think this is sustainable because. Tourism is definitely not what it used to be. Who's gonna, who wants to go to yeah. a place where you need a freaking paper to go into a, yeah. a, a, store, a restaurant to eat? You need, like, you need my medical records? What? Mm-hmm. I'm from like Utah. What you, we don't need to do this. So I'm from like Florida. So who wants to go to New York City? Right. I can't even, can't even go to a Broadway play here. So tourism is in the pits. 40% of the stores in New York City, 40% of businesses in New York City are out of business for good. For no reason. For no reason. Um, and now people are accustomed, just like they're accustomed to wearing masks. They're accustomed to working from home. Businesses are accustomed to not paying millions and millions of dollars of rent for office space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why should they go back to that? If it works so well right now, I don't see people going back into these tall office buildings on Sixth Avenue. 
why. So I don't know how New York is going to really, really come back from this. Um, right now, if you go to um, any of the schools like NYU or SVA, normally you see a ton of kids. No, I don't see that. I see a handful, right? a handful. So I don't know how this is like uh, working out. It's, it, I, I know how it's not, but it's, it's definitely not working out. And I just don't see that being sustainable for the economy unless unless the intention is to really destroy New York till it's basically crippled. Unless that's the intention, I don't see how this is working. Um, and uh, I'm working on a project right now. Once I'm finishing that project, I my, my next thing is, okay, if things haven't changed, with they have a new mayor coming in, in January, we have an election in, you know, in November. And if, the, if he's going the same route, um, I'm definitely leaving New York. And I'm one, and you know me for a long time. You know that I was like always, I'm never leaving New York. New York, I love New York. It's the best place to live. It's not, not, not anymore, especially if you're unvaccinated. It's like living in Iowa now. It's just yeah. boring. And um, you don't have any of that energetic, creative energetic that it used to have. Right, because you know it, it's everybody's in that obey obey mode. That's um, that's that's putrefies your spirit. So just don't I don't see it being the New York that it used to be. I think New York is actually like James L. Tucher who wrote a great article. Yeah, and got a lot of crap. A lot for that. of a lot of hate for that. And the title of it was New York is dead. And I hope it's not true. I'm still holding up hope. I think there's still some hope. We can still change this around if the new mayor gets rid of vaccine passports, gets everybody back to work, enough with the masks, nobody has to wear a mask. Then maybe you have a shot and then you have to you know, fix bail reform and other issues that they've, they've, they've introduced into New York City. Then yes, but I don't know, I'm not optimistic that that will happen, let's put it that way. Uh, but, so how am I feeling about it? I'm kind of like, eh. I care about New York, but not that much. I'm, I have a, a mild preference for it to come back. Yeah, I have it's taken you a while to reach this point, but you're reaching this. It's point. been two years. It's been two years, and you know, I've been to Florida twice, and I may be going back in November, and maybe even I don't know October. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I've loved going back to Florida. Florida was great. It's like 2019. Nobody's wearing masks. Everybody's on the same page about vaccine passports. In fact, if you ask for a vaccine passport, a business is fine. Yeah. So they're on the Santa's right still track. Find you, right? So they're on the right track of, of things. And they're they're they don't have 40% of business out of yeah. Gone for good. You know, business is booming. I mean real estate there, that's yeah. the only problem is the real estate I think I it's like fifty percent, a hundred percent in like the last year. And and this is the kind of thing that it leads into my next question or my next point, which is like, it baffles me that people can't look at this. Like, look at look at Sweden, look at Florida, look at these places that are thriving and doing well now. And people can't, I'm not even talking about politicians because last, with Henrik last week, we talked about how politicians like, they won't ever really apologize or admit they were wrong. And, and I get that. They just, I don't like that, but I get it. But like, but people, like regular people, are, are failing to just be like, oh, I guess we were wrong about, I guess Florida was all right. I guess they, 
people didn't wear masks and they're still fine and everything's okay there. I, maybe I overreacted. Maybe I shouldn't have been such a mask Nazi. Maybe, you know, but I don't see a whole lot of that, you know, and maybe it just has to do with the lack of humility in people and humans, but. What's well, hard to admit you're wrong or to say that. It is, I mean, it's it wrong. is, but like I even said. Yeah. It took a while. What's that? Even, well, it was the same thing with Christianity. How can I, I can't be wrong about Jesus. He's the savior of the universe. I mean, come on. How could that be wrong? That is gospel truth. You know, how can you change that? How can you change Yeah, but your- it's like people don't understand, but we're, this is science we're talking about, not religion. People don't understand, like science changes. We get more evidence. You change your views on things, you know, like you brought up the example of, Galileo and flat earth and the world, the earth sun revolving around the earth or whatever. And it's like, everybody thinks one thing, but then when you get more information and you test theories and you realize like, oh, okay, I guess we were wrong about that. So it's kind of like there's a a natural humility baked into science, but somehow nobody gets that, you know, except maybe some true scientists out there. It's not science though, because it's, you know, science is about questioning things. Right. And this is about stopping questions. Right. We're stopping you from questioning. That's yeah. not science. That's blind faith. Faith in your in, in the right people, in the right uh, pastors, rulers over you. That's who you need to have faith in. The Fauci is the, is the one that can do no wrong, mm-hmm. according to CNN and MSNBC. Right. And even Fox. So it's just it's just the uh, it's just funny. I, I you see repeated. What you read about in history books, yeah, the church would would do, and it's happening now in society. the The real disturbing thing for me is how people just accept it, like how people just are okay with vaccine mandates here in New York City. And and I had a, I went to see somebody yesterday, and she really mentioned something that I think is true. It's New Yorkers now are in high hopes, but they're they're treating all these draconian, tyrannical uh, edicts like they do the homeless. They just kind of ignore that it's there. You know, they just pass by the homeless like they're not there. They just go on with their lives as if these these, um, draconian laws aren't there. And and so they're split in the middle. It's not really healthy. Um, But that is really, that's really the... the shocking thing for me is that people just go along with the hurt because they don't want to uh, stand out. You know, I think that's a, a big part of why everybody's wearing their masks on the bus, and I'm not, and I'm the only one that isn't. And then the other, the only other guy that gets on the bus who doesn't have a mask is the crazy guy. And yeah, so there was one time he had the crazy guy. Now we're on the same wavelength. I was joking, like. Uh... A, few, a couple months ago or a month, whenever it was, I, I went for a jog and I'm jogging downtown in Philly and, you know, downtown Philly, we're in Central City. And, um, and I kind of did a mental count and I came back and I was like, you know, like 90, 95% of everybody, even walking around outside was masked. And the only people who weren't was me and like a few homeless people, you know? Uh, you know, 
don't know. That's here in, again, that's, that's here in New York and that's in Philly. You go in Florida, it's 2019. Right. And so, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to going down there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of um, follow-up question, kind of related to this, but just to take it one, one level to make it personal for us is like, I like I was kind of saying at the beginning, I'm kind of making um, I'm kind of making this my last stand, like the Henrik episode. So, and this is just like a little addendum to that, but like even after this, it's like. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. I, and it, it, it's kind of a, an amalgam of frustrations, like just, you know, like, and I get it, like to start this podcast from scratch, it's not going to grow to be like 50,000 followers or whatever, like, but the time it takes me to, to produce the show, like the podcast, I'm like, it, it doesn't have that sort of wow factor or I, I, one of my t-shirt designs that I do is like changing hearts and minds since never, you know, and it's kind of a deflated, like self-deprecatory feeling that I have lately where I'm like, ah, am I really convincing anybody of anything? I don't know. And I'm sure you probably feel this too. And Brian too, but like, we feel like we're in this zone of like, you feel compelled to speak out to fight for freedom and truth and to share that. And that's just in us to do that. But there's another part of me that's like, but it's not really effective. It's not really doing anything. And I'm, you know, Brian's losing sleep over it. Luckily I'm not to the point of losing sleep over it, but you know, I'm like, but there's other things I could be doing that I enjoy that I like doing like artistically, creatively. So. I feel like I'm kind of reaching a point now where I'm like, and there's this other project that I've mentioned about on the podcast before, and I will hopefully be launching that very soon. But that's just going to be pure creativity and art and video art and animation and humor and comedy and just like wackiness. And, but I'm getting really more excited about that. But the point I'm getting to here is like, sort of, <clears throat> I want to ask where you're at. But like, for me, I'm just kind of like, I think I'm, I, I've said my piece, you know? Like, I feel like I fought the good fight. I've put the information out there on Facebook. I've been posting for a long time. And I don't know if the algorithm finally caught up with me or not, but lately I just feel like nobody even sees or responds to anything I post on Facebook anymore. So I'm just like, why do I even bother posting anything? Even if, I think the algorithm, they hate me so much now. It's like, I could post like, oh, I just finished Lucifer season six and I thought it started out really crappily but then it got okay and you know interesting ending I've got thoughts on it and I could post that on Facebook and it's like zero nothing and I'm like I think I'm kind of just done like I'm done with Facebook I'm done with Twitter I'm done with you know I, I think this podcast you know unless it really grows and people really miss it and uh, it kind of express it, you know, like, oh, I missed the podcast or something. Like, I think it's going to take a little bit of a backseat in my life. Like, I certainly, I mean, this is an experiment right now. I might just take the video and post it. Done. Like, rather than me spend an entire day editing it and doing all this stuff to make it nicer for the 20 people who see it, you know, it's like, um, 
so that you know not that i want to deflate the audience like you know like for my introversion like please if you're excited like get excited about this podcast because i'd love to see it grow but if it's not growing i kind of have to evaluate and, and i don't mean to just talk about the future of this podcast i might actually do an episode on this for the 50th episode which is coming up this is going to be episode 47 um but not just with about the introversion podcast but just in general regarding dealing with other people and the plant, the pandemic and all this COVID stuff. It's like, do you feel similarly in the sense of like, look, I just want to move forward with my life, get information, absorb it, make my own personal decisions about, you know, what to do about it, whether it's location or lifestyle or where you can go, where you can't go, what kind of event, events you can attend, what you can't. And trying to connect with some like-minded people, but move forward with your life, whether it's in New York or not, like for me, whether it's in Philly or not, don't you feel like, I mean, that's how I feel now. It's like, I, I'm kind of, I don't want to say like I'm giving up, but I just feel like I've, I've fought the fight and I'm tired of fighting with people who really, the algorithms don't want to share it. And if people don't really want to hear it from me, then I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I've said enough, I feel like on the subject. How do you feel? Well, I, yeah, I um, Facebook is like the worst place to change people's minds. I think um, the New, never, New York City is the worst place to change. Facebook, 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 Facebook okay. first time it was the worst place. Uh, I've never used Twitter. I only Facebook is the only right now. The only good thing about it is groups. Is this meeting people who are like minded on groups. Um, and, and Instagram, I just like looking at certain pictures. That's pretty much it. And I hardly post. Not, you know, I don't really care. Yeah. I don't really care about, like, I'm not growing a, a following or anything yeah. like that. Dude, uh, I, I used to post daily on my Jay Caslow Instagram. I can't believe it. It's almost been a year now since I posted anything. It was Thanksgiving Day last year as my last post. Well, you know, what I used to post is a lot of great things that I used to do in, in, in New York City. Yeah can't do anymore so there's nothing really to post i mean you might as well post of uh, grass growing you know mm -hmm. pretty much what new york city is now it's just watching paint dry or watching the death you could make a whole collection of all the business fronts that are closed and out of there's business. people who are doing that and doing a better job of that and yeah. just depressing to me um so um but i just never really care uh keep you know i, I just you never really cared what about Facebook? Uh, well, I never really cared about arguing with people about it. Um, I did have fun trolling. People yeah, on it. I did the have trolling fun. approach, right? That was fun because it was fun, but I knew I was not going to change anybody's mind. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of a different, different thing for me. I just don't. Um, I just think New York City right now is lost. I, I, I feel like people are just in this mindset that they're not going to get out of, they're going to have to get out of it on their own. So in order to change the world, the only thing that I have control over is changing me, right. being successful and being, uh, living the best life I can. And I have been able to do that actually in the last two years, that, which is kind of interesting, you know? In the last two years, I probably had the best, my best financial time ever in life, my most free, 
even though I wasn't free outside, I was free inside, you know, I was free to do whatever I want. I was free to go Florida. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Right, but but I think the, the biggest um, way that you can influence is just to, for you to yourself to be focusing on your success and your um, yeah. goals. And you see a little bit of this with Nicki Minaj, see how she has an influence with people. Yeah, you're gonna get once you once you start doing that, you're gonna get flack for whatever. Even you know, people will if you start to be successful, people will be jealous of you, people will start to go after you for whatever reasons, you know, especially if you get big in, in certain circles. You see how this happens with stars, they they go up and then they can't wait to bring them down, right? So this is just gonna happen. But at least it's happening for something for you, you know, you, that, that's, that's helping you, you know, it, it, it's not because you're arguing somebody on Facebook. So, um, so I just feel like my philosophy is the best way to change the world is to change you and to better yourself. And, you know, follow or not, it's up to them. Everybody has, and the other thing is this, everybody, and this is something that I've learned in a club that I'm part of called the global information network everybody has their filters everybody has the right to their opinion and it doesn't it, it's as long as you're not forcing me to do something i can allow you to have your opinion like and, and this is why i love even though i haven't listened to the whole thing is that that you will have someone like henrik on who you disagree with but you will talk about it in a civilized manner mm-hmm. there's a lot of the conversations that happen come from a very emotional trigger type way. Um, so, so, the, so kudos to you on that. Um, but I just feel like uh, people, people are just not paying attention. So, but they have the right to their opinion. And that's the whole point is like, I have to release that oh, these people are, you know, this is, and I have to check myself. Why are these people wearing, you know, why are they all wearing masks? Why are they, well, they have their own viewpoints, their own way of filtering life. So good on them, you know. That does that should not be bothering me because I'm not getting invested, and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do in my life. So I don't really have to be bothered. If- I think that's the thing that gets to me, though, is that I totally agree with you. Like, focus on what you can do for you. It's very Jordan Peterson what we're talking about right now, but like that's typically how I operate. It's like, I don't want to blame anybody else for my problems. At the same time, I don't want to ask people for handouts or whatever. I just want to take responsibility for my life and move forward and take action. But the problem is, given the nature of our situation post 2020 politically and everything is, there's power in numbers. So as an individual, if you really want to change things, you kind of need to work with other people to band together because that is our only strength is our strength in numbers you know like literally everybody in america right now could just say you know what i don't want to wear a mask anymore and there the mask mandates and laws would be rendered useless in one second gone that's the power of numbers the power of people but people don't do that so 
if I try, I think that's where I'm like, I'm trying to convince people that we have strength in numbers, that we can unite, that we don't just have to do whatever we're told. Because the, I mean, the truth of the constitution and the American, the, the American government is supposed to be there. It's we, the people, you know, by the people, for the people. It's like, we're the ones like paying taxes that are paying for everything. You know, it's the blood, sweat, and tears of like the, the toil of the American people, like all the, the money is what makes America, America. It's the people, not the government. And when the government is superimposing itself on us and giving us all these rules and dic mandates, dictates that edicts that we don't want, there's something seriously off here with the, the balance of, of power. You know, it's like the government has all the power and the people don't have any power. And, you know, people just do as they're told, whether they like it or not. And they think that's the end of the story. And when we try to wake people up to it, it's like, it's not enough for you to be like, no, that's not cool. I'm not, I'm not cool with the government having control. It's not enough for me to do that. It's like all of us, or at least it's kind of like what Henrik and the vaccine majority thing. It's like, not everybody needs to be vaccinated in order to prevent the ICU, that, that train of logic. It's the same thing for us. It's like, not everybody has to wake up, you know, the way Nicki Minaj is waking up and whatever, or like you or I or Brian, like not everybody has to, but we need sort of a critical mass. You know, yes. we need enough people. And honestly, that's kind of why I'm like, look, you know, I, I'm gonna be going to Florida in a, in a few weeks and uh, feel it out, meet people there and, um, I'll see how it feels, you know, but I, in my head, in theory, it's exciting and comforting for me in a way to be around a bunch of people who are like, you know, we believe in freedom. And, you know, because here in Philly, I'm like, I'm just by myself against right. the masses and I'm not going to fight. I know it's a losing fight, so I won't even fight that fight by myself. You know, no, I understand. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like what you said about the critical mass. I have a feeling that is coming. Um, but uh, yeah, it is important to seek out others who are in the community. And yesterday, when I went to this event, it was they had it in Long Island because right. the organizer did not want to have it in New York City because of the vaccine passports. Yeah, basically, you had everybody who was on the same page on this, right? Most of them. Um, and so that really felt good to be speaking with others who are, and here a lot of them are from New York City. So there are, so yeah, you're right. There is uh, strength in numbers and it's also just good to seek out a community um, where you are supported like that, right? Uh, actually, I am organizing an event next Saturday because of that. So hopefully we'll see how many people um, respond and say they want to do this um, and then we'll go and support a, a restaurant that is fighting back against the COVID mandates. There's a there's a diner in Williamsburg called Kellogg's Diner. And, um, they are definitely uh, fighting back against the uh, Mayor de Blasio edicts. So, so hopefully we'll go and support them, them and other places that are doing that, right? Yeah. They need the support and they need to see if there's others that are have their back. Um, you know, New York City, I just, we'll see. We'll see how it, 
if there's enough numbers, you know, I don't know that we have enough numbers. I think uh, it just, it's just- You know, there's that whole middle, there's that whole, I don't want to say middle class, but there's that group in the middle that can just be swayed like either way. And I feel like the clamp has been coming down from the other side. That's from the, the government, from the Fauci's, from the Bill Gates. From, it's like, you're not gonna be able to go back to normal. You're not gonna be able to live your life unless you do what we say. And there's the people who are right in line and part of that program and no, not questioning at all. And they just adamantly going for that. And then there's people on the opposite end of the spectrum like us who are like, no, like we're free people in a free country. We don't have to do what you say. And then there's everybody in the middle who I think by default, they're just going over along with the program with everybody else because that's the dictate, the mandate. They're just obeying rules. They're good people following the rules and doing as they're told. They're not idiots, morons, sheeple, bad people. They're just busy, normal American middle-class people going about their day. But my point is, is like that middle chunk is massive. But that's where I kind of mean about the critical mass. I feel like right now that middle chunk by default is on the side of obedience to the government, whatever the government says, they will just do it. But if there's enough on the other end of sort of a rebellious kind of like, I mean, Australia, I've got, we've got our eyes on Australia. We'll see how that situation plays out. But like, I feel like even here, that will be kind of like when the middle feels like that big chunk in the middle feels like oh yeah i like freedom and i, I want to live life and they kind of just by default start to lean towards our side where it's like freedom they won't even have to be awake and empowered and excited and revolution they don't even have to the, just by being status quo in the middle if we have enough momentum from this side and they come over here. It's like, what would tip the scales? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. now, that middle status quo is on the side of like, just wear masks, get vaccinated, do whatever I'm told, get the booster, get the second booster, get the fifth booster, the eighth booster. Like, until they reach a point where they realize like, oh, maybe us radical people over here are like kind of just sensible people who believe in freedom. And maybe that's better than my 15th booster shot in three years, you know, like, and once they kind of tip over to our side, that's where it's kind of uh -oh. like what I was saying earlier about like, okay, everybody just show up. <laughs> and not yeah. I think, uh, did you lose internet? No, I still see you. You lag, you lag your, your, it says your internet connection is unstable. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you were saying something about, you know, the middle and then it kind of it froze okay well i'll see what the render what it picks up okay maybe it was on my end i don't know maybe because my my thing seemed fine okay but i agree yeah, yeah I, I, that would be very exciting i just don't know what it's going to take to get that middle uh i do believe you know there is a thing called the hundredth monkey syndrome and it's just hundred it, monkey syndrome a hundredth monkey the hundredth monkey syndrome have you heard of this i don't know uh, so there were these, uh, I don't remember where it was. I think there's a book called The Hundred Monkey Syndrome, but it, there was a group of islands where uh, these monkeys were on these different islands. 
and there were researchers there. And then one researcher went to wash out a papaya and started eating it. And the monkey who never, monkeys had never eaten papayas before. One saw it, looked pretty tasty. He went, ate the papaya. Other monkeys started seeing him. At a certain number, the hundredth is like a arbitrary number they put. At a certain number, all of, all of a sudden, the monkeys on the other islands who had never eaten papaya started eating papayas. So there's like this almost energetic mass consciousness that happens when you get a certain number of people. Um, really? Yeah. So that's, um, that's uh, it's on with like mass hypnosis and things like that, but it's huh. it's very interesting. So they didn't see these monkeys at all eating the papaya. They just collectively as a species sensed it. Never eaten papaya before. Just all of a sudden they started. And this was like papaya. observed, like scientifically yeah. observed. Well, yeah, it's called the hundredth monkey syndrome. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting huh. thing. So, but anyway, regardless of that, there does need to be this tipping where um, it hits critical mass that, and that middle actually kind of wakes up and says, no, we're not going to do this anymore. It's not a real law. The mandates aren't even real laws anyway. Nobody's going to Congress and you know, right. saying it's a law. It's not going through the proper process. Well, it is. So, um, so yeah, no, I agree with you. That would be great. I just don't know what it will take to get there, right? What will it take? Um, but I think we're on their way uh, because I think there is more people. And even this Nicki Minaj, I think anybody who's just looking at it is like, why are they coming after so so hard just for asking a question? You know? um, so we'll see, we'll see. But I, yeah, you're right. I think that 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 middle, that middle, is the yeah it's like the the undecided voters or the uh you know that would sway the election one way or another assuming it was a fair election <laughs> that's a different episode <laughs> yeah it is a different episode i, I can care less about that yeah i know i i probably won't talk about that anymore that stuff but um anyway uh let's let's wrap it up so any if you have any concluding thoughts feel free to share otherwise um um, well, I'm glad we're, we're hopefully this will be the last time we talk about this. Yeah. Um, I would just say, um, you know, no matter what side of the equation you fall on, just for your own life, you always want to live at cause and not at effect. Not always be reactive, but be responding to things. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is, uh, let's say freedoms are taken away, all that stuff happens. But what can I do? What can I do to be free? What can what, what is it that I can do? Um, so, for instance, I can't go see a movie here in New York City anymore to because I need a vaccine paper. So what I do, I go across the river to Jersey City and saw a movie there, and it was a beautiful trip. And they have a beautiful um, seaside, not seaside, you know, it's on the Hudson River, beautiful view of the city. So it was a great trip and uh, got to see the movie. It's, it's like a different country. It's, yeah. it, it, no vaccine passports there. Right. It's just across the river. It's, right. 
<laughs> you know, it's that like, also exposes like I don't understand why people people think it's all about the medicine or all about the science. I'm like, how can you not see that this is political? Like you go across the river and it's like a completely different lifestyle over there. And it's like, are, are these people all dropping dead? And these people in New York are all safe and well? Then it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a, a science medical issue. But I'm like, no, I'm like, people are thriving and dying all over the country, all over the world, no matter what. Masks, no masks, yeah. vaccine, no vaccine. Like it's so haphazard and people are trying to make sense of it. And it's kind of one of the points I wanted to make. I didn't really get into it today, but I'm, I'm just kind of tired of like, even for myself, trying to make sense of everything because I'm like, I got other things to do, you right. know, like the other more fruitful things I'd rather do than trying to figure yeah. out the mystery of COVID. Well, that's being reactive. See, that's the whole thing of being reactive. Being proactive is you go to a gym that gym closed down because you have to go or you can't go to that gym anymore right. because they're requiring the, the vaccine passports and you go to Planet Fitness, who and then I found, yeah, I found Planet Fitness. Absolutely about freedom. So you went there. Yep. And so you you so now you're what you're doing is you're you're being at pause instead of at effect. Yeah. At effect is Although like, in a way, I would look at that as like what you just described about going to Jersey City or me going to Planet Fitness. It is us being reactive. Like we no, are reacting yeah. to the situation, yeah. like adaptive, essentially. Right. Reactive. But see, there's always things you can do for yourself to better yourself, right? So mm -hmm. reactive is basically saying, well, I can't do anything. Make an excuse, I can't do that. I can't go to the gym anymore. So I'll just get heavy again. That's reactive. Responding or being at effect is, I'm gonna keep my- So it sounds like back. the way you're describing it, reactive is like letting them win. Like- Yes, well, well basically, yeah, being defeated. Being yeah. Um, basically, stopping you from achieving your goals because X, those people out there are doing something, they're stopping. Right. Or even like, I wanted to go outside today. That was my plan, but then it rained. And then I'm like, well, am I just going to sit home and sulk about how I couldn't go out and do my thing? Or are going to be like, oh, I'll stay in and be really productive at my, my desk. I'll make there you go. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Reactive would have been sulking. Right. Responding to it is, oh, I can do so many things that I didn't get a chance to do right. a week. Yeah, another way I like to look, describe what you're talking about is like I, I've become way more opportunistic in a way, and and I and another way I phrased it recently in episodes is like I'm getting much better at rolling with the punches. So it's like, okay, that happened. Like, okay, I, I discovered Planet Fitness, and yes, it's more inconvenient. I no longer have a gym right down the street from me. Now it's like 1.5 miles away. But at least while the weather's still nice, I'll get my cardio in by getting there and back. And then it's a third of the price of my gym. And there's a global membership. So when I travel now on this trip, I can go work out at any Planet Fitness location in the country. So I'm like, that's like bonus, bonus, bonus. And I just found out the location up there that I just went to yesterday is uh, 24 hours. So oh, I can, wow. I can go to the gym anytime. Granted, it might be a little sketchy in Philly to go out at night to certain parts, but you know, it's like, but the point is, is like, this is me being opportunistic. It's kind of like, all right, that shit happened. How am I going to spin it into how, like, I hate to be cliche about it, like the silver lining or whatever, or finding, you know, but it is kind of like, I think there's a lot of truth to that, no matter what. And that's kind of like, you know, my tattoo, bittersweet. It's like, 
especially post 2020, we're getting hit with a constant shitstorm of like, all right, what's it going to be today? But I'm like, I've gotten good at it in a way. And you kind of have to get good at it to thrive. You have to be like, oh, oh shit. Okay. You know, that's their move today. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this today. You know, it's like, I've started to kind of look at almost like gamify it. You know, it's like, it's a game for me now, or it's like a movie. It's like, what shit's going to happen next week? I don't know. Is, is, is Nicki Minaj going to talk about some dude's balls and get banned from Twitter because she's speaking out against the establishment? I wouldn't have predicted that like two weeks ago, but that just happened this week. And now it's like, what's going to happen next week? I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll find out, you know? So I'm kind of just looking at it as like, this is a crazy world we live in now. And I'm just going to roll with it and be like, okay, that's, that yeah. happened. And I'll, I'll figure out a way to thrive and do my own thing. Yeah, I, it's definitely not stopping doing what you want to do in life because of what's happening out there. Right. Uh, you know, uh, that's what I meant by being reactive. Because, you know, whatever you're going to do, even if there weren't any um, draconian measures out there, there's always going to be interruptions and things that obstacles that come in your way. It's always going to be. So your thing is to just, how do I respond to that? So that I continue doing what I want to, yeah, and not letting that say, well, because of this, I can't do what I want to do. That's there's a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. Second chapter is excusitis, the failure disease, because people make excuses. They say, well, I'm too old to do this. Yeah, I'm this. I'm too young to do this, or I'm too, you know, I'm not smart enough to do this. There's all excuses, and that's just that's being reactive. And that's just making an excuse of why you, you, you're just trying to justify you not doing what you want to do. Right. So what you want to get out of is that and get into, I, I'm going to do it no matter what. Right. So whatever comes my way, I'm going to figure a way through it. There has to be that level of determination and it has to come from within you. Yes. You know? but, the, but you have to, and the, the first thing is to acknowledge when you're making an excuse. And I fall into this all the time. Uh, you know, well, I can't do this because, you know, I couldn't stop, I couldn't film my last part of this project that I'm doing because, uh, you know, and it's true, I, I couldn't because uh, de Blasio put in the, the lockdowns last November. And then, oh, I can't do this because my actress is in LA. Well, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> you know, what is it that I can do? Well, let me see if I can finish this without uh, those films. What, how, how can I make this work? oh, I can make this work. Maybe this is better. Maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. So it's that kind of a thing that I'm, yeah. I'm talking about. So, and then if you put that philosophy in life, when these, you know, these things that are like, you never thought would be happening are happening, uh, it kind of helps, but you, it's very easy to fall into that yeah. trap. And the key is just acknowledge that you're falling into it. Right. Trying to change it. Because you can change it in an instant. So, it's like master the moment in order to win the war you have to master each moment like right right or like you know let's say um but there's like key moments it's not like every moment you're fighting to like oh let me be no, no no just but when you're starting to slip you got to concentrate and then once you're back on track because you're kind of on autopilot you know and it's like well you realize you're sleeping, right you realize why and usually the, the best indicator of that is how are you feeling so when you're feeling great is because you're do, you're 
pursuing your purpose. When you're feeling bad, something is something is stopping you. And you say, well, what is stopping you? It's usually yourself because you're making excuses. Yeah. But you say, oh, I see. I see I'm making an excuse for this. You acknowledge it, and then you try to right that ship. Uh, and it's a it's an ongoing process. It's not a it's not a one time thing. Right. But it's not every moment either. It's, you right. know, it's just, you're just gauging how you feel. Right. As long as you're feeling good, you're good. You're good shit. Yeah. Just my parting words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. So I, I have no idea where we're at with time, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna call it a day here. So. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. And uh, I'll see how it goes with the audio levels and the video, and we'll see if this works. Okay, dokie. All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, you. Yes, you. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way, you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and consider writing a brief review. It just takes a second and it really helps in order to get this podcast ranking higher so that more people can discover it. And the better this podcast is doing, the more prominent guests we can get on the show and also the more time I can devote to it, which means more episodes and better episodes. And speaking of better episodes, what would you like to see more of on the show? Are there specific topics you'd love to see covered? Do you have thoughts of your own on the subjects discussed today? I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot an email to podcast at introversion.com or you can reach out to me on social media. I'm Jay Caslow on pretty much every platform, Twitter, Instagram, and the rest. And last but not least, if you've been enjoying listening to the podcast and also checking out the daily blog at introversion.com, I invite you to visit patreon.com introversion where you can become an official introversion patron for as little as $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. Anyway, just consider it. Otherwise, just click like, share this podcast with friends and family who you think would enjoy it. Anyway, have a good one. Until next time.